brood parasites are organisms that rely on others to raise their young. A parasite. Now, the way this works is that they are usually found among birds and insects and fish. And the brood parasite is able to manipulate the host, either of the same species or another species, to aid in the raising of its young by using what's called brood mimicry. Now, the common cuckoo, Cuculus canarus, is a member of the cuckoo order of birds, which is called cucaformis. And inside of that family of birds is the roadrunner, the anus, and the kukal. Now, in 1821, a doctor named Edward Jenner, who was an expert in the cuckoo bird, was appointed physician extraordinaire to King George the Sixth. Actually, not the Sixth, the Fourth. And he was also made a member of the Royal Society. Now, why was this expert on the cuckoo bird made physician extraordinaire? Well, Edward Jenner was an English physician who contributed to the development of the smallpox vaccine. And his practice of vaccination was popularized earlier by Jenner and has been used since. Now, smallpox was a disease that was killing a lot of people in the 1700s in England. And in 1796, Jenner demonstrated that an infection with a mild case of cowpox conferred immunity against the deadly smallpox virus. And then cowpox served as a natural, natural vaccine until the modern smallpox vaccine emerged in the 19th century. In fact, from 1958 to 1977, the World Health Organization conducted a global vaccine campaign that completely eradicated smallpox. And it was considered the only human disease to ever be eradicated. The small, routine smallpox vaccination is no longer performed in the general public, but the vaccine is still being produced to guard against bioterrorism and even biological warfare. And we have Edward Jenner, a scientist who is famous for studying the cuckoo bird to think. My name is Stephen Thompson and welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. I don't have all the right answers or solutions. I read information, I process it, I draw conclusions, and I will teach and think. I'm a curious person. I desire to contribute and help and serve others using my talents and my gifts. And this podcast is my contribution. I hope you enjoy it. If not, I apologize. I'm aware of our worldviews may be different, but we can find unity, hopefully, in our common intent to serve and help others.
And this is my experience. Well, today's show is called No Church in the Wild. And the song that I want to look at is No Church in the Wild. It's by Jay-Z and Kanye West. And it came in their album, Watch the Throne, in 2011. Now, No Church in the Wild is the first track on the album, and it features vocals from Frank Ocean and The Dream. Now, the latter version of the song doesn't credit Frank Ocean. And the song explores themes of religion and also decadence throughout the song. And that's kind of what we're looking at today is we have the, the, the combination of religion and we have the combination of human decadence. And the lyrics stand out to me are these at the beginning. Human beings in a mob. What's a mob to a king? What's a king to a god? What's a god to a non-believer who don't believe in anything? Will he make it out alive? All right, all right. No church in the wild. Tears on the mausoleum floor, blood stains the Colosseum doors, lies on the lips of a priest, Thanksgiving disguised as a feast. Rolling in the Rolls Royce Kamish, only the doctors got this, I'm hiding from police. Cocaine seats all white like I got the whole thing bleached. Drug dealer chic, I'm wondering if a thug's prayers reach. Is pious, pious, cause God loves pious. Socrates asks, whose bias do y'all seek? All for Plato screech, I'm out here ballin'. I know you hear my sneaks. Jesus was a carpenter. Yeezy laid beats. Hova flow like the Holy Ghost. Got the hell up out your seats. Preach. Now these lyrics take us through a historical tour of human chaos. And in the midst of that chaos, we look for answers to our problems. And we try to find the appropriate behaviors to match it. And it could appear as if there is no church in the wild. That there is no answer. There is nowhere to go. But in fact, there is behaviors that we can support. You see, when things get wild, when things get chaotic, when things that come against us that are wrong or unjust, there have always been people historically, who have responded in a way to try to end the injustice. Go back to the 1700s in Jamaica. In 1760, there was 20 years of peace under the British and the Jamaicans that lived there. But during this time of slavery, there was a rebellion that broke out on Thursday, April 8th at a plantation in the North Parish. And these were the first rebels that were believed to compromise upwards of 100 Africans from the Gold Coast. And there was a man who led them. His name was Taki. And Taki was of the Akan people. And in fact, his initial insult, assault helped the rebels overpower the British forces. And then they obtained arms and ammunition and they moved on and they overran the plantations at two different areas. One called Hayward's Hall and another called Escher. And then by dawn the following morning, they were hundreds of strong. They had fought their way inland, capturing estates and killing European settlers where they found them. But then what ended up happening is that the Lieutenant Governor of Jamaica received news of this destruction and he sent a detachment from the 74th West Indian Regiment and another from the 49th together with three companies down to that area. 
And they were able to bring down the rebellion at that time. And Tacky was tracked down and killed. His forces tried to hide in the mountains, but they eventually caught up with them. Tacky was accidentally shot by a sharpshooter from England, and 400 rebels were executed. And 600 of them were sent back to being enslaved. And as a result of that rebellion, the lieutenant governor asked for more help to increase the amount of troops in Jamaica. Now, what we learned from that story is that Tacky was, along with a group of people, that decided that this was not a situation that they were going to accept. They were not going to accept a situation where they were enslaved and they knew that that was wrong. And they knew that that was unjust. So they, with their strength, they met that moment and they rebelled. Now, they weren't successful in that rebellion. But they made a choice that we can either accept where we're at in a situation that is not just, that is not supporting us, that is not allowing us to thrive, or we can move away from that situation. So we find ourselves in, in a similar moment, right, right now, in our world, in our society, where we're all facing this common enemy, invisible enemy. And, and how do we battle an invisible enemy? Well, we really don't know. We, we, can't, we can't fight against it. We can't punch it. We can't shoot it. We can't spend our way out of it. So we have to figure out our own ways to be able to do these sorts of things. And a lot of things are, are grounded in both scientific fact, uh, spiritual supports. But there are things that we can do. Here's one example. This is from Chip Conley. It says, studies show that hugs are good for our physical and mental health. And hugs raise oxytocin levels. Now, that's why people who receive a lot of hugs tend to have higher levels of that hormone in their bloodstream. And then what Chip goes on to say is oxytocin makes us feel good, lowers our stress level, increases our tolerance to pain, and speeds up healing. Hugs in general make the world a better place. But right now, we can't necessarily go around hugging people. Well, what do we suggest? What does Chip suggest? Well, we could hug our dog. We could hug a photo of our parents. We could hug a loved one in our same house with us. Or maybe even the tree, if you're funny, in the backyard. Or you can just hug yourself. And if you're doing that, you are releasing levels of oxytocin in that moment. And you have to think about this idea of no church in the wild. It's not that no church in the wild is non-existent, but you need to know, K-N-O-W, be aware of that a church, a place of support, a place of healing can be that for you. In that, in fact, that faith and science are not necessarily enemies. Let's go back to Jenner. Jenner himself, who invented the vaccination for smallpox, appointed to the Royal Society, physician extraordinaire. Jenner himself was a Christian, 
And then Jenner wrote in his own journal, he said that he was very spiritual. He said that he treasured his Bible. And then before he died, he told a friend, I'm not surprised that men are not grateful to me, but I wonder that they are not grateful to God for the good which he has made me the instrument of conveying to my fellow creatures. And then a rabbi said this. He wrote that Jenner was one of the righteous of the nations, deserving a lofty place in the world to come for having saved millions of people from smallpox. So you see, it's about marshalling your talents, your gifts, and your abilities, and acknowledging that you have a heartbeat inside of you that was given to you by your Father in Heaven, your Creator. It's not about defying orders to make a spiritual point. It's about being who you are, serving in the capacity that you can serve in, and having the strength to meet the moment that we are currently in. And we need strength to meet the moment. We need strength to be able to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. We can hold both in our hands. Both parts are supportive. I go back to, to the lyrics of No Church, Church in the Wild. Jesus was a carpenter, Yeezy laid beats, hover, flow, the Holy School, get the hell up out your seats, preach. That's it. That is the message here. That in the midst of chaos, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of harm and death and destruction, it best serves us to look towards a future that is hopeful. But yet at the same time, we carry around the expectation and the ability to be aware that if something doesn't go the way that we want, that we can still reach in the same place to find strength to meet that moment. Whatever moment it is we're being called to meet, we can find the strength to meet it. My name is Stephen Thompson, and I get to create for that I am thankful. I am blessed with enough, and my heart, and my mind, and my thoughts are with those who don't. I advocate for you. I donate to you, and we will stand by and respond when you call for help. And I hope if you are able to help, if you are a person who is of means then that you find a way to help from your sphere of influence. And I also, if you are hurting, we, we, we grieve with you. And if you are not able to grieve, take time to consider that if you move away from a posture of constant exuberance, do not be afraid of that because we need to mourn with people who are mourning. And that does not mean that you are going to spiral emotionally. In fact, it is appropriate to mourn with people. It could be considered insensitive almost to if someone is grieving for you to be cheering. Okay, you wouldn't go, you, you, it could be insensitive. You wouldn't wear a clown suit to a funeral unless 
you were going to a funeral of a clown. But in general, you don't wear a clown suit to a funeral. If you are sick, we'll pray for you, and we hope that you're getting the comfort and support you need. This is Stephen Thompson, and thank you for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. Bye-bye.